Next week, Pastor Sauer will conclude this series on the faces of the Passion. He will speak about the two thieves on the cross. I would speak this day on a lady who was mentioned only one time in the Bible, one tiny verse. Luke did not include her, John did not include her, Gospel of Mark did not include her, but Matthew did, 27th chapter, 19th verse. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, contemplating the next step with Jesus, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with this innocent man. She could have just said, don't have anything to do with this man. But she said, don't have anything to do with this innocent man. I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. No name is given to her. But what she does is astonishing. Considering her position as the wife of one so powerful, what she does does astonishing. And if she bore no title whatsoever, she did not have the title of Pilate's wife. Still, what she did was astonishing. Number one, she saw justice for an innocent man. Jesus. She has something in her that the Sadducee and the Pharisee do not have. Jesus beckoned them to have it, Matthew 23, 23, but they did not have it. She had something in her that the scribes and the teachers of the law did not have. She had something in her that Pontius Pilate didn't have. And she had something in her that the crowds that day did not have. She had mercy. She had compassion. If you want to see the personification of Micah 6.8, what three things has God required of Pontius Pilate's wife? That she act justly, have nothing to do with this innocent man. She loved mercy. Set this innocent man free. Bring an end to the charade of this trial. And she walked humbly with her God. How do we know that she was a humble person? Because humble people do not look at their own lives. Humble people do not look at the person in the mirror and clap their hands and say, Yeah. Humble people have very little time to stand in front of a mirror because they are too busy looking out there to see who needs help. He spills a grocery bag of canned goods in the store. And no one stoops over to help him. He obviously has difficulty moving, but no one stoops over to help him. Why? I honestly believe they did not see it. <laughs> they got so much stuff going on in their own lives. They're pushing their own grocery carts. The only, they got the stuff going on in their minds. 
They do not see what has just happened. But a person who has that trait of humility within them, they see it. They see what other people do not see. And they go to their aid. Pilate's wife, one verse in the entire Bible. She seeks justice for an innocent man. Justice, mercy, humility abide in this woman. She does a second thing. I don't know whether she loved her husband or whether they just came together for political reasons. I don't know. But I do know this. She wanted to save her husband. She wanted to get him off a path, a dangerous path that would only lead to his misery and remorse and the destruction of his life. She knew that you did not put to death an innocent man without there being repercussions from Caesar and repercussions from the God who gave her the dream. You just don't mess with God. Powerful, her appearance in the Bible. Powerful. Ezekiel 3.18, tiny verse in the Old Testament. If someone among you is sinning, if someone among you is going down the wrong path, and you see it, I, the God of judgment, will come upon that individual. But I will hold you accountable for not going to them and seek to bring them off the wrong path and onto the right path. I will hold you accountable. When we do the confession of sins, we, also, we often confess, as we did this morning, forgive me for the sins that I did do. <laughs> and forgive me, Lord, for the things that I ought to have done but did not do. And sometimes those things are seeing something wrong in a family or a friend or someone who's a stranger to us, but we know them from work or the neighborhood or the metro train, and we do not go to them in a spirit of great humility and seek to bring them back on the right path. Pilate's wife looking at two people, number one, an innocent man, number two, a man who is on the dangerous wrong path. Does she know what's going on? Absolutely. She's no fool. She's heard what Pilate has heard. Enemies have become friends. Praise to God. Let that stop my husband. He realizes something's wrong. Doesn't. Sends out his investigators, turns over every stone to find something bad about Jesus. He finds nothing wrong. His wife prays to God, let this stop him. It does not. Jesus on trial. Pilate begs him in the Gospel of John. Pilate begs him, open your mouth, open your mouth, defend yourself. Why this silence? And he speaks not a word. 
except to say to Pilate, you'd have no power over me unless it was granted to you by Jehovah, the God of Israel. She prays, uh, let this stop him. Uh, it does not. And now he's contemplating the final thing. He's contemplating Barabbas and Jesus. And she knows he's contemplating it. And that's when she sends the message to him. Have nothing to do with this innocent man. And Pilate is sitting there thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abide by my wife's wishes. I'll have nothing to do with this innocent man because when I put Barabbas in front of the people and Jesus in front of the people and I ask them, who do you want walking in your neighborhood? They're certainly going to ask for Jesus to be set free. We want Jesus as a neighbor. We don't want Barabbas. I'll do what my dear wife wants me to do. I'll have nothing to do with this innocent man. It'll be taken off of my hands. The people will set free Barabbas. Does not go that way. It does not go that way. There are words, verses, phrases in the Bible that whenever I see them or read them, whenever I breathe them in, they cause me to be lifted up. I dare say the same for you. 23rd Psalm, virtually always at a funeral service. Because even on that day, the Lord is still their shepherd. And even on the day of the service, funeral service, He is still leading them beside waters that He Himself has stilled through His promises. He has made the brown and gray day all of a sudden become green with His promises. 23rd Psalm. And when you insert your name into that psalm, it's quite an exercise. The Lord is Paul Strand's shepherd. Paul Strand shall walk beside, still walk. When you insert your name into it, has even greater power. Isaiah 9. There are times when I wake up in the morning or I have trouble sleeping at night, and I sit and say, you've got to remember, Paul, who's with you. Isaiah 9, whenever I read those four phrases, does something for me. Isaiah 9, 6 through 9, his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor. The Wonderful Counselor. How does he counsel me? Right here. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. As Barbat's family sat here yesterday for the funeral service, I thought to myself, they have a wonderful counselor. He's promised them that Barb still lives. They have a mighty God, a mighty God who created this universe. And whatever circumstance is going on in your life, no matter how long it has gone on, this mighty God, this wonderful counselor, has it in his hands. Unless you think that he's just a God who creates and who has so much power that you never can get close to him, he is given the title Everlasting Father. He's just not mighty God, he's just not your therapist. He's your Everlasting Father. And because he's those three things, he is also the final thing. He is the Prince of your peace. 
Counselor, God, Father, Prince of Peace. And when I go to certain verses, when I latch on to certain promises, then I do what the young man did in Isaiah. All of a sudden I'm soaring on wings. And I'm running and not growing weary, and I'm walking and not growing faint. There are verses in the Bible that explode with life. Everlasting streams of living water. What happened to the apostles on Pentecost? When the streams of living water, John 7:38, came down upon them, in the tongues of fire, the flames of fire, what happened to the apostles? They became what the verse on the screen uh, to start this service said that they would become. The old apostle passed away. The old cowardly apostle hiding in the upper room lest they themselves be captured. The old apostle passed away. Behold, a new apostle had come. They on Pentecost, they didn't wait till the next day. It was within one hour of the winds coming down from heaven in the form of the Holy Spirit. It was within one hour that Peter is standing preaching in front of the crowd. Many of them, the same ones that 50 days earlier had asked for his crucifixion. Many of them, the priests that were still spying on the apostles. Many of them, still the Pharisees and Sadducees, keeping an eye on these men of Jesus. And when they delivered the streams of living water, what happened to those who listened? 3,000 of them, the Bible says, 3,000 of them were touched in their hearts. They repented of all the evil and the viciousness and the death of an innocent man. They repented of what they had done. And they came to the faith 3,000. Two days later, Peter is at Solomon's portico, doing the same thing, delivering the same message. And two days later, he's in the council chamber of the Sanhedrin, delivering the same message, doing the same thing. And in Acts chapter 6, he is in the synagogues. Acts chapter 6, verse 7, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. It says, many of the priests, came to the faith when they heard the message. Many of the priests who had colluded with the scribes and the Pharisees to have Jesus removed and executed, many of the priests who were still following the disciples, many of the priests came to the faith. They were saved. Give me streams of living water, people. And that'll be enough to last me quite some time, maybe my entire life. Didn't he say to the woman at the well, drink of what I have to offer, and you'll never thirst again until you stand in front of the gates of heaven. There are some words that make the spirit sore, But there is one word used not that often in the Bible. 
that impacts you to such an extent that you are stopped dead in your tracks, as if a semi-truck has stopped an inch away from demolishing your body, and you cannot move forward any longer because there's a ponderous force that has blocked your path, a ponderous force that says, stop here, go no further. Stop here on this path and go no further. Pilate's wife was doing what John the Baptist had done. Pilate's wife had done what Jesus did earlier in his ministry. Pilate's wife was saying to Pilate, Stop now, go no further. And the one word she was using without saying it, was repent, Pilate. Repent. Go no further. Jesus said it in the Gospel of Mark. As his time for the cross came very close, he said, repent and be baptized and believe the news of the gospel. Repent's only used ten times in the Old Testament. Remarkable. Repentance is used only sixteen times in the New Testament. And yet it's the one thing Jesus asked. He said, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to die on the cross for your salvation. Here's one thing that I want you to do for me. I want you to repent. So there is no barrier between my blood coming into your life. So there is no barrier between you and God and between you and some other creature on this earth. Repent. And what happens when we repent? There's a shower that comes. There's a tsunami that comes into our life. It hits us. It's the blood of Christ. And when that tsunami hits us, then the verse in Psalms comes true. Our sins are trampled under God's feet. They're thrown into the depths of the sea. They are as if they never were. Pilate's wife wants one thing from her husband. Set an innocent man free. And she wants him to repent, to stop going down the path he's going. If you look at the word repent in the Latin, it's a scary word. Punishment, God's absolute judgment. If you look at the word repent in the original Greek, it means a new life-changing mindset. A new life-changing mindset. Repentance means you're no longer choking on your own self-importance. You're no longer strangled by the belief that you're the most important person in the universe. There's a dam that builds up in any one of us, myself included. It's the dam of self-pride and arrogance and self-centeredness. Life is all about me. The dam is breached. A gap is made in the dam of your own self-importance. Our lust and our greed, our hatred and our jealousies, our fears and our worries. That gap is made by the Holy Spirit. 
And he not only makes the gap, but he flushes out the dam. And all of that within us that is not of God's image, it gets flushed out. The old creature is gone. The new creature has come. Her baby died nine months ago now. And she said, I never, 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 never would have survived this in the past. When it happened to a friend of mine, I just said, Lord, if it ever happened to me, I would die. She's one that's been listening online for 18 months now. And she said, that was my salvation. That was my salvation. The old me would have died. If not literally, figuratively, I would have died. But I know God's promise concerning my baby. And I know God's promise that he wakes up before I do, clears out the path, comes back when I wake up, says, take my hand, and we walk together. If any man has been invaded by Christ, which is what Pilate's wife wanted for him, if any man has been invaded by Christ, the old way of dealing with life, the fears and the worries, the hatreds and the angers, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Let me bring an end to the message. Give me 60 seconds. When Adam and Eve sinned, did they repent? How's this for repentance? Adam, why hast thou done this thing? God, you gave me this woman as my wife. It's your fault and hers. She gave me something to eat. That was Adam's repentance. Did Eve repent? The serpent that thou hast placed in the garden, the serpent has enticed me and I did eat. Cain and Abel, when Cain killed Abel, did Cain repent? Cain says to God when he comes, where is your brother? And Cain, speaking to God, not to his father, Cain, speaking to God, says to him, with all the sarcasm he could muster, am I my brother's keeper? Get off my case. Judas Iscariot, does he repent? The words come out of his mouth, I have betrayed innocent blood. But it's just words, it's not from the heart. Because what he's doing is he's giving the 30 pieces of silver back to the scribes and the Pharisees. And in essence, he's saying, you caused me to commit this sin. If you hadn't offered me the money, I wouldn't have done this. Pontius Pilate, did he repent? 
He used the very word his wife used. She said, let loose this innocent man. He said, give me a bowl of water. I'm going to wash my hands. I am innocent of this man's blood. Did he repent? No, he blamed the scribes and the Pharisees and the crowds. Most important thing you and I can ever do on this planet Earth is to say, God, forgive everything in me that was and is on the wrong path so that your blood might cleanse me and I might walk forward with new eyes and a new purpose. That's all. Pontius Pilate's wife. Does someone sit in your head having a troubling time? Be her. Go to them in a spirit of meekness and talk with them. God's Spirit will do the rest. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.